welcome um, everyone who's here and everyone who will be here uh, in the future. So this is our first, I mean our fifth, our fifth uh, podcast for Mini Paths Galesburg, and we're real thankful that you know we made it that far. Um, we're we're one full hand into this, and then the second hand comes February, and wait till you see what we do then. Um, we're very excited. We have a great panel. Um, our topic tonight is life, life's elixir music, and um, and I'm here kind of emceeing. My name is Peter Schwartzman. I'm one of the co-founders of this project with uh, Bruce Wyke, who's somewhere. He looks more debonair than I do, but uh, but he's got a you know he's got a special person helping him dress, and I, I don't. So. Um, <laughs> So it, it works out okay. Um, the Mini Pass uh, project is really a chance for us to get together and discuss things, uh, bring our local experts on different questions that we think are important. And uh, music is really important. And so we felt like we would spend uh, this month, January, doing that. Uh, after I ask some, uh, we're going to have introductions and I'll ask a few questions. And then we'll have audience questions. And then we'll actually have some live music after that. So I think we're on task. Everything's being recorded because these become uh, not video. There is a live video too, but um, there's a going to be a podcast made from this, which will be online and available to share. And and we've gotten a lot of good feedback from our first first uh, four podcasts. And uh, they're there if you missed them. They're there for you know perpetuity. Um, anyway, uh, without further ado, let me let the the panel introduce themselves. So why don't you just say who you are, perhaps what you do, and then maybe why music is important to you. Am I on? Yes, okay. Um, my name is Sarah Hansen. I'm the co-owner of this fine establishment, Knox County Brewing Company. Um, I'm the resident rookie on this panel, frankly, um, because everyone that's been a customer of ours um, kind of knows when I learned about promoting music. So it was about a year ago when we opened this establishment, and I learned that live music was a way to bring folks together. Um, so while I have a little bit of experience in doing this, and I've really enjoyed interacting with the musicians that I've met, um, I'm a little bit of a rookie in this topic. So I'm happy to be the layperson on the panel tonight. <laughs> Uh, my name is Neil Manella. Um, I run the uh, Fatfish Pub uh, downtown Galesburg, and also local musician, um, banjo player for Frank F. Sydney's Western Bandit Volunteers. And um, I've just been involved since I was a kid. You know, my brothers played, and um, and like you said, it brings people together. And that's, I mean, that's really what it comes down to um, a lot of times. My name is John Taylor. Um, I live in Cambridge. I probably don't have enough time to tell you all the things that I'm doing with music, but I'll, I'll start, I'll, I'll tell you a few of them. I, I actually started, well, I started playing music when I was a kid uh, in grade school, and then, uh, you know, that's kind of how that all started. Uh, but probably most recently, uh, I started hosting concerts at my house back in 2014, and that has grown into a venue now uh, in Bishop Hill, the Bishop Hill Creative Commons, uh, a big public series at the park in Galva. Um, it's a 10-week series we do in the summertime, and, uh, and and some other stuff. I'm doing, you know, there's there's a lot more I could say, but I'll continue. <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Nikki Malley, and I <clears throat> let's see. 
I'll start by saying I'm a percussionist. That's the musical side of me, the performance side. Uh, I am the chair of the music department at Knox College and the director of the jazz studies program. I'm the artistic director of the Rutabaga Jazz Festival, which is 40 years old this April, which is super awesome. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll probably talk more about it, but everybody should be applauding. You should be applauding yourselves because this community is the reason that we can have a 40-year-old jazz festival in a small town. Um, and I also um, artistically direct a couple of our other um, arms of our programming, the jazz year. We have a couple other big events that go on through the year. And um, I teach Knox, uh, I teach Knox. I teach music history and musicology at Knox College. I'm also on the board of the Knox Galesburg Symphony, so I don't only listen to jazz. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting things. Oh, and why music is important. I, can't, I, I literally can't answer that question unless we all want to hang out for like 24 more hours. Um, but I really, I really think music is the reason um, that people oftentimes get up in the morning or the reason they work really hard all week so that they can enjoy something in the evening or the weekend. And music truly saves lives. It gets us through the hardest parts of um, our lives and the best parts. It's the background to every important thing that you do and it is where people come together in a way that they don't um, in other contexts. And it's part of why I love Galesburg is what happens when music is happening and the community is in a space like this or many of the others that you guys are putting together. Uh, thank you. My name's uh, Terry Mitchell. I'm a local citizen here in Galesburg and a musician. And I've been around playing music here for a few years. And uh, uh, I'm looking out the crowd here and I see someone out there I know who plays music and that's uh, a lot of the friends I have now that I'm retired is just people that I hang out and play music with and uh, that's uh, what we like to do and it feels good to do it and uh, I've said enough so <laughs> Bruce Springsteen's here too he's going to take the microphone. Okay well I, I failed to say where we are. Um, and where we've been for all of these podcasts, we're at the Knox County Brewing Company, and uh, that's just east of, uh, west of town, two miles. So check it out. They have wonderful food and wonderful uh, beer and other drinks, and uh, it's a great establishment. And it's a very, it's an organ, it's a company or a, a local business that really is rooted in in community and in in the earth and. And we're very proud to hold our events here. Um, to get the panel started, question I have is, um, how would you describe or summarize the state of public music in our community? Um, we, that's, and, and, you know, each of you occupies a different space. And when we say our community, we're not just talking about Galesburg per se. We're talking about in the local area and in, in regional. So um, that's an opening question. You, Take turns trying to answer it. Thank you. Okay, again, the layperson response. So um, ask it again. What's the public response to music? Is that, is that the answer? The, public, the state of music. State of music. Um, we've had an incredible response, frankly, to both local musicians, folks that nobody knows about. Um, and again, I, I stumbled into this, frankly, just because it sort of, we, we booked a couple of musicians about a year ago and um, had increased traffic because of it and, you know, friends of theirs. And, um, and also the vibe is really great when folks are in here. And so um, 
you know, the way that we, we, because the public space was so open and happy to have that going on in here, um, that's what motivated the fact that we have what we call live at KCBC every Saturday night at six o'clock. Um, there's different niches, you know, which is kind of, Neil and I occupy a little bit different and, and John and I do there too, but um, ours is angled at families um, and folks who don't want to go to bed at midnight, which is, it's, that's just the space I'm in right now, frankly. And so it's not even that an eight o'clock concert is late. It's just, it was late for me. And so, um, so that's just kind of the niche. There's, there's lots of different pockets of, of folks looking to listen and learn um, new live music. And so that's, for us, that's been kind of the, the public reception to it. Somebody else. Somebody else. Sure. I, have. Um, I am, and have been for a long time, one of the biggest cheerleaders of Galesburg. And I'm not from Galesburg originally, so I'm somebody who was, uh, who fell in love with this community. And uh, I was a student at Knox College many years ago now in the 90s and honestly one of the reasons that I came back to Knox and built a career and built a family was because of the vibrancy of the music community here and I think um, sometimes we actually because we're so surrounded by live music in Galesburg in a way that most people aren't even in communities much larger than Galesburg in the Galesburg area we don't realize how special it is here um, the number of uh, restaurants and um, breweries and bars and pubs that actively support live music is not, this is not the way it happens everywhere. And um, we have a number of establishments that are owned by musicians and they have a special sensitivity and understanding to what musicians, um, how to treat musicians and also how to support um, a gig in a way that makes sense. A lot of times um, businesses will try live music once or twice and uh, don't invest in it long enough to see it pay off and it, you're going to have a night where you have a, a small crowd and uh, for most musicians that means the gig is over but in Galesburg I mean you know Fat Fish has had us uh, at our, our weekly jazz night a four-hour live jazz every Thursday night um, this doesn't happen almost anywhere actually and and both both of your businesses commit to having music as part of who you are as your identity and understand that that's a long-term commitment and when you do that music becomes embedded in the community in a way that really we, we just almost take for granted I'm glad that we do because because we have it that much but um, it is unbelievable how much live music is going on in Galesburg almost every night of the week there is an establishment one or more establishments that's p performing live music and I just can't say it enough that does not happen everywhere um, and it is so many genres and, and styles. I mean, there's bluegrass one place and, and jazz another place and metal happening somewhere else and folk acoustic. And um, I think we're really lucky. I, I love being here and um, feel like I'm supported by a lot of people who care about music and are actually willing to invest time and sometimes money to make that happen. Again, it doesn't happen everywhere. Wow. <laughs> that, that really, uh, wow, that, that, that really, yeah, that, that really hit on a lot of things. Wow. Uh, I agree with everything, all, everything you just said. And, 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 and I, will, I mean, I'll, I'll go further and say, I, I think that what we have here is, is probably one of the best places to experience live music in the world. Um, Literally, I mean, I, I've traveled a lot, um, especially before I had children. And, <clears throat> you know, one of the things that I realized after having children was the fact that, uh, well, if you're a musician, 
things become much more difficult after having children, like you were saying, Sarah. Uh, you know, th- that changes the dynamic. And, and just being able to have family-friendly events um, <clears throat> where you can, you can see musicians from all over the world is not normal. Um, that's, that's not a normal thing. Um, you know, a lot of the groups that we're bringing in um, are only playing in big cities. Chicago, St. Louis, Indianapolis, uh, Denver. You know, I mean, it, it, that's, that's what we... Yeah, I, there was a group uh, this, this, this past summer that we had, and, and literally every place except for Bishop Hill <laughs> was, was a major metropolitan area. I think it was like L.A., New York, Boston, uh, somewhere in Canada, Ontario. Uh, but, you know, it, it really, yeah, and, and then, you see, then you see Galva, Bishop Hill, Cambridge, Galesburg, wh- whatever it is. That's not an accident, I think. Um, yeah, it really, it really it's not an accident. And I think that what we have going on here is, is very special. Not everyone realizes that it's special, but the people that do realize it's special um, really appreciate it, I think. And, and that's, um, that's what keeps it going, really, honestly, are the people who believe um, in the artists, believe in the community, believe in each other. Uh, and, and that's, you know, to me, again, just saying it again, I, I've said it a million times, but it's, it's special. Uh, and so I, that what I think we have going on here is, is very special. And uh, I don't think that there's anywhere else in, in the world that uh, has access to music in the way that we do here in this area. And, and when I say this area, I mean, I, I'm saying basically everything from Peoria to the Quad Cities and everything in between. As an amateur musician, I would call myself here in town for years, we've, uh, uh, you know, we're sitting at home and playing and we're enjoying our, our instruments, but there comes a point, and I'm looking at other musicians sitting here, that you uh, want to play with other people or uh, you want to maybe even get kind of close to getting on stage uh, down, the, down the road. So you kind of want to come out of the house, and uh, that's happened in Galesburg uh, for quite a few years. Uh, back when Charlie Hayes, I don't know who remembers Charlie Hayes. Well, we all know Charlie Hayes. <laughs> hey, Charlie, how you doing out there? If he's listening, and Charlie's got ears like a, well, he's got good ears. But Charlie, uh, back in, I think, in 80, 89, when uh, Clapton came out with the Unplugged album, uh, Charlie Hayes started uh, Unplugged at the, uh, on the square at that, whatever that place is, a little bar down there. And uh, I ended up going down there and uh, met people, and this was a long time ago, and I'm still playing music with those people now. We go to Fat Fish on Sundays afternoons. Uh, They're very gracious to have us in there, and we take over the place, and and it's a lot of fun. And we go to Fat, or not Fat Fish, but every Saturday morning we're going down to Music Makers around 1030. So if you've got a, if you're a musician, you like to play, we do acoustic music mostly, we got electric bass, Come down, uh, bring your instrument, check it out, and uh, have fun, and get out of the house and come down there, and we're always welcoming new people. So who's next here? Over here. Yeah, I think what's what's great about the area is you can, like, you just have to look a little bit, and you can find anything. 
you know, like, like John was saying, you know, you can come and see an acoustic duo here or, you know, a tribute band um, downtown or, I mean, it's just for musicians and spectators alike, it's, you know, you can, you, you can find it if you're looking for it. Um, and like, like John was saying earlier, there's a lot of really, really talented acts that could easily just fly right over and not even, you know, not even um, be a blip on their radar, but they, they want to come play here. Um, because people support it so much, you know. Um, you know, I'll, I'll use, you know, my favorite band and best friends um, right off the bat, Hen House Prowlers. Those guys, yeah. world travelers, you know, bluegrass ambassadors to literally the world, and they keep coming back here because people are, um, you know, they love it. Yeah. You know, people people are focused. It's not just what you're not just walking into another, um, you know, bar on Broadway in Nashville, and it's just you know another another country band. Like these, you can really, really find some some talented, talented musicians coming through the area. Okay, good job. Um, and I'm sure there'll be some follow-ups to some of the questions from the audience. Question two, I was kind of looking to the future a little bit. Um, as good as music is in this community, and maybe not as um, widely recognized in some circles, what 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 improvements can be made? What, what do you see the future as in terms of uh, letting more people know about it, uh, having uh, more live events, more maybe outdoor events? I don't know. But um, what are your thoughts on that, on that, in that vein? Maybe more community connection, connecting with the colleges that we have? I'll just leave it at that. Um, I mean, really, like, the, I, I feel like the sky's the limit with that. I mean, there's, you know... It, um, there's people out there that get inspired from going to a show that they're like, hey, we could, we could do that. Um, and that's, you know, um, me and uh, a few members of the band ran a, just a little festival, Farm Fest, just a couple, couple miles from here. And it basically stemmed from, you know, us going to a festival. And it's like, oh, we, we, could, we could do that. We could do that in our community um, and make it fun. And, 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 you know, we did it for 10 years. Um, but as, I mean, as far as the future goes, I, I feel like it's it's up to people that are already doing it to inspire those people to bring in new ideas and you know start their own um, you know ten week concert series. You know, not necessarily in Galva, but you know somewhere else. It's just going to take um, take us you know keep driving forward and inspiring other people to uh, you know kind of take the torch. I've never met someone who does not like live music. However, however, yeah, no, however, I've met some people who have never been and experienced live music. And I, I think that that is, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that that is the, uh, the mission that I have is, is, is just reaching out to other people and making them realize uh, that there is a little bit of magic in going to a concert and experiencing music live. Um, you know, nowadays, there's so many things that are available to us that are right there at our fingertips. I mean, if I had my phone on me right now, I could pull up almost any video, any song from any artist from any time ever. The, the, the music has ever been recorded. I, I could do that right now. But it's still not the same thing as sitting there, seeing an artist, performing something live in front of you, 
you know, looking into their eyes, seeing them, watching them perform, and, and being moved by what they're singing, what they're playing. Um, and to me, that, that's the thing that, um, that's the opportunity. You know, us, those of us who have experienced that sort of thing, sharing that with others and inviting them to come experience that sort of thing, that to me... Um, that's that's really where the opportunity is 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 those people who may be sitting at home thinking well you know I'm going to pull up Netflix and watch another movie tonight because that's what I do on a Wednesday night um and saying you know hey come out and check out this band with me because you know I I I know personally music has changed my life I mean everyone that I know here that's here with me right now I know because of music uh and it, you know really those relationships that's that's what makes life fun and interesting and you know i mean yeah and and it just keeps building you know the the longer uh you know the longer we're here the longer time goes on and uh everything you know it that's the magic in music i think uh and so yeah to, to answer the question i i really think that the the opportunity is with those people who know those people who have experienced those sort of things, sharing it with those who may not um, have had those experiences. Yeah. I'll jump into a little bit of real talk, though, because I think part of your question, <laughs> Peter, was maybe what are the challenges? What um, We all love music, and we want to tell everybody about it all the time, but... Um, Developing and maintaining an audience base is a challenge, and it's and it's not just unique to Galesburg. It's anyone who does any kind of performing art. Um, you can't ever get comfortable. Uh, you have to re-engage the audience all the time and remind them a that the thing is happening and b why they should care about it. Um, and I think one of the challenges that I see, and again, I don't think this is specific to Galesburg, but it is a, it's a significant challenge for us when you're in a small community where you're, you already have a smaller potential audience base than you do in a, a major metropolitan area, that um, people often s kind of self-associate as a listener of X genre or style. Like, I, and I hear this a lot because I have the, the lone scary mission of trying to convince people to go listen to jazz. And the preconceptions people have about jazz are massive, right? It's not for me. It's too intellectual. It's too weird. It's just making stuff up. And there are reasons that people think all those things. And, and they're right sometimes. Um, and, <laughs> well, I mean, I said real talk. Um, but I, I think that we all, and I include myself in this, there are things that I kind of self-select out of. Well, I don't, I don't go to that place, or I don't go to that kind of, um, I don't listen to that kind of music, so I'm not going to take a chance on it, because it is a, a risk to go into a, a, a space. I, you know, I told you I sit on the symphony board. We see the same thing there. People who say, well, I just don't go see anything at the Orpheum. And that's a, a very broad statement to make, because literally everything is programmed there. But, um, we kind of set boundaries for ourselves about what, what we will and won't do. And going out in public and, and experiencing something as powerful and emotional as music can be a challenge for people, especially if they're, you're asking them to take a chance on something that they're not familiar with or that they don't maybe regularly listen to. And I think kind of 
this idea of sharing, I think the most powerful way to, to build audiences is to talk to people one-on-one, -on -one, to invite people. And of course, you know, you can't talk to 500 people. So, but you, we sure do try. And over the course right. of the year, we talk to way more than that. Um, you know, I think we all, we, I know we all use social media a lot and that's been a blessing and a curse because it allows you to quickly get information out about what's happening, but there's also this oversaturation. People are seeing 5,000 things in their feed and so they don't know how to make any decisions about what is a, could be of value to them or not. And I think that you often end up promoting to your base to the people who are already coming to your events. And so I think the real challenge, and again, I don't think it's specific to Galesburg, but it's, it's, it's uh, I've been doing this for, you know, more than 20 years now and I haven't figured it out, is getting people to take a chance on your thing that absolutely. they think isn't for them. Uh, because you are absolutely right that, I believe that people like good music. I think people may have in their minds that they listen to certain kinds of genres, but I've seen this time and time again when people come out to the Rutabaga Festival because somebody dragged them to a jazz show that they never thought they would go to, and they have a transformative experience. Well, it's not that they became a jazz fan, it's that they saw really good music and they loved, they loved that experience. And um, I think the challenge for us is always getting people to take that chance. And it also comes down to us taking that chance, coming to each other's stuff and supporting each other's stuff, which can be hard when you are doing your own thing. You know, your Saturday night is booked with a gig, so it, you can't go see the other person's thing, but we can model that better, I think, all the time, too, in the way we support each other. So that was a very long-winded question. That's when you put a professor on the panel, that's what you're gonna get. Sorry about that. Um, so one sort of like unifying principle or, you know, however, for myself that I've tried to use when booking musicians is compliment, not compete, right? And so that's, again, if you're talking challenge, um, I'm trying to look at who's doing what. And I'm like, what can I bring, you know, what can I do to add a different voice to this necessarily? I don't need to be booking the exact same kind of stuff just so that I'm pulling from your place or whatever. What can I do that introduces another genre, introduces another musician, provides another job opportunity for the evening? Um, but it can be a challenge because that's a risk because nobody knows them. And so um, that's, again, real talk there. I appreciate that. Um, that can be a challenge because we also offer our music free of charge which is a balancing act, and I know you know that too, because I, you know, I don't ever want access to it to be an issue for folks, but then I gotta figure out how to cover it. So sometimes that's a little bit of a challenge as well, is figuring out how to introduce new styles, introduce new artists, um, but at the same time, cover them so that you know, I'm not working entirely for free and just covering them, so. Um, this wasn't, I'm just, this is ad-libbing sort of, so, if, if someone is interested in music but has not attempted to play music, uh, what, is, what are some recommendations you have for those folks? And, and how does that change your experience with music to be able to actually play it? Whether you're performing it or you're doing it with friends, how does that change the experience? I'm sitting here uh, thinking about playing music because we're talking about music, so it, it's kind of hard for me to go places sometimes and listen to music because I was like, ah, I want to be up there playing. I'm not criticizing the people up there playing. It's like, ah, I want to play that. Maybe I'd play that different. So it's not like I'm, it's like maybe, uh, you guys like that, you know, where you're out yeah. and you're kind of like, yeah. I think one of the, uh, the earlier question is like, we, have, we always have to have uh, some place, I think, for people to go that, 
uh, not to get paid, but just to come out and play. Uh, although that's always going to go on because it always has. If you, if you play music, you're going to want to express yourself, and you can't stop that. And, uh, you know, especially if a young person starts playing an instrument. I've seen Charlie Hayes turn people, older and younger people, walk in the door, and he's got them up on stage. And, you know, and I wasn't that good, but that's, here, I'm going to pass it on. <laughs> I think people who make music definitely engage with live music maybe a little bit differently, but I have to say, even though I've played music most of my entire life, there are things that I see on stage that are so far beyond my scope of experience that, that I really am you know, a novice listener and I'm soaking it all in too, but this probably you know, <laughs> belies my position as a music educator as well as a performer that I think, uh, and certainly one thing that we're trying to do with the, the jazzier programming is connect performances to educational opportunities. And often those mean getting people, if not playing an instrument, actually engaging with the musicians in a kind of less formal, comfortable space where they learn a little bit about the music. And you can get people who don't think that they are musicians, have never played an instrument in their life, can't sing. I mean, I'm a percussionist. Everyone can hit something, truly. So everyone is, or every single person on the planet is a percussionist. You can have a meaningful one-hour kind of educational workshop with the artist before a concert where you get people singing or um, beating out rhythms, and they are, they've become a performer for a minute, and they are now inside the music just a little bit. And for people who don't, have musical experience, I see this with my students all the time, that five minutes where they, they got to clap a rhythm and they were doing it with, other, with professional musicians and it sounded like real music is, tr is absolutely amazing and transformative to them. And um, I don't think that you have to have, you know, 20 week courses where you teach everybody a string instrument and they play a string quartet at the end. I think you can do smaller things that both allow people who aren't necessarily performers to get a little bit of a taste of performance, to feel that it's less daunting, and also to bring those performers off the stage a little bit so that they're not just um, these kind of unattainable masters of music that you just watch and, and, and worship and wonder what they're doing. That um, And I see this the the things that we do where we do have opportunities for people to connect with the artists in less formal ways, not just at the set breaks, um, that it's really powerful for people to know the human being making the music um, because we are all human beings and it becomes a lot less, I think, mystifying at that point. So um, I also think we have an obligation to uh, connect education to what we're doing because we, I think we're all aware that the public school education the educational support of music is declining nationwide. I think Galesburg does an amazing job of continuing to support music education, even when they don't have the resources to do it. They go above and beyond to do it. Um, but we have to cultivate that audience by giving them the opportunity to pick up a tuba and see what it feels like to play it. The opportunity to put a hand drum in front of them and play a rhythm alongside a, you know, a Grammy-winning drummer. These are things that happen in Galesburg all the time. And I think those give people a window into performance that again, also connects them to the experience in a way that is more personal. And then they come back, which is the goal, right? I, I, I would say everyone is a musician. Even if you don't realize it, you are a musician. If, if you're listening to music and you feel something, you're a musician. That's really it. I mean, that, that, that's really what it comes down to. Um, because 
and, and, and I don't know how you could listen to music and not feel moved, but really, I, I th- personally, that's, that's my opinion. I think that if, if you listen to music it, and you feel moved, you're a musician. You know, if you want to move, if it, if it gets you moving around a little bit, you're a musician, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's really what it comes down to. And I think, you know, all the other stuff basically is practice. All that stuff that is maybe not so fun, but is necessary to get to the level that you want to be at to, you know, to perform in front of people and, you know, that sort of thing. But I, I think really, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, we all have the potential. And really, I think, I, like I said before, I've never met someone who doesn't like music. There's some people who have never experienced live music in, in, in a way that is, you know, authentic. You know, they may have gone to an arena or a stadium or something like that and, you know, that sort of thing, but, um, but experience music in a way that is, is personal to them. Uh, I think that there's, again, I, I, I just, I just, I've never met someone who's not had some sort of a connection to music. And so as far as, as, as far as the challenge of, uh, maybe, yeah, well, and, and, and how that differs between someone who's played music versus someone who's not played music. I, I really don't think there's a difference. I, re- I really think that, you know, the thing is, is I think musicians, they may hold less reservations than someone who's not a musician uh, about the music. They may be less inhibited than someone who's not a musician. Um, or, or thinks they're not a musician. Yeah, it thinks, yeah, right, exactly. And, and that, to me, that, again, if you think that you have, you know, again, if you feel moved by music, I, I feel like you have music in you. We all have music in, in us. Um, and, and, and it's really hard to not, honestly. Um, so anyway, uh, that, yeah, I, I, I could go on, but that's, yeah, no, that, 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 when it comes down to it, I really just, I, I feel like, again, we all are musicians. Sometimes we're just not recognized or we're not acknowledging that side of who we are. So um, I learned to play the piano when I was six. So that's something that um, has been a part of my life for a long time, but it also kind of hibernates, right? It's a little bit in hibernation right now. And so what I can say um, is I don't know that it, it changes my experience, but it reminds me of, um, of experiences that I've had, um, either playing with others or kind of how it brings a part of you awake a little bit, if you will. Um, and so when that goes into hibernation and then you experience it again, it's sort of this nice little cycle of like what that does for you. Um, and so very simply, um, I, I just feel like when you, when you are playing versus not playing, there's just this nice little engagement that gets, gets to kind of come back when you do get to play again, which is a lovely gift that, um, that, that music can give you. So. Okay, so those are the, that's the end of my questions. Uh, I hope the audience, we have a pretty good audience here tonight. One of the status ones we've had. So uh, I'm, sure they, I'm sure they have some questions for the, for the panelists, or they may have a comment. Um, they may have their own personal experience with music that they want to share uh, with, with, with the panelists or the audience or the future audience. 
so my name is Brian Fox Ellis, and I'm partners with John Taylor at the Concerts of the Commons series, and I love what Neil's doing at Fat Fish and, and the great live music at Rutabaga and Knox County Brewery. Um, so I moved from Peoria, a town of 110,000, to Bishop Hill, a town of 100, and I see more live music here. So I think what you were saying earlier is, you know, sometimes people might take it for granted, but this is a really unique and rich community for live music. And that word community just keeps coming up in conversations. And so uh, if any or all of you want to respond, how does music help to really build community and make connections and help us feel like we are part of the community? Because Bishop Hill started as a utopian commune, a communal living situation, and, and I'd like to think that music is what brings us together. So how is music part of the community building for you? So I'll, I'll answer this as a sort of newbie to uh, curveballs. <laughs> no, there was something you said that kind of triggers a thought for me. Um, because my family and I moved here from Austin, Texas, which is the live music capital of the world, right? And ironically, um, I've seen more shows in central Illinois <laughs> than I ever did in Austin. And it's not because of lack of availability. It was a little bit because it was kind of like, who do I pick? And also, like when do I go? You know, that like, there's, there's a couple of little things that got in my way, frankly. And also, like, the other thing I'll say, as someone who has moved to central Illinois, if you want to be a part of the mu music culture, you, you jump in, right? You don't, like, stand on the side and say, like, I like music, I just never go see any, which is, frankly, what I think I did when I lived in Austin. Like, I knew the music, I could listen to it on Spotify, so why would I go pay to go watch somebody. But the truth is here, I get to have a little bit more engagement, a lot more engagement, frankly, with the performers than I ever was gonna get to um, at a bigger show in Austin. So, you know, you saying that about Peoria and seeing more shows in Bishop Hill comparatively, um, I've had a similar experience coming from, you know, a musically saturated culture. I mean, there's tons of music available in Austin. It's not to say there's not some beautiful stuff coming out of there, but my involvement with it, my, you know, my ability to build community, um, has really been better here, frankly, simply because um, I've been a little braver. It's a little less intimidating. Um, folks seem a little bit more approachable. Um, so that's that, that's kind of a personal, you know, um, what's happened for me here. So community. Um, I'm going to take it from like a little bit of like a hillbilly backwoods bluegrass uh, standpoint. Um, I, I can't tell you how many how many different festivals I've been to that you just you run into the, like the same people and it turns into a family situation to where, you know, um, it, you really build this musical family is what it is, um, rather than you know I mean, you know obviously um, you're going to shows you're running into a lot of the same people that enjoy, um, you know the same the same types of music and it. You know, it literally turns into a second family. I mean, that's really, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> you want to talk or you want me to? I got, I got stuff. But Go for it. Okay. All right. Okay. So I can think of three things. I might just mention two of them. I, I mentioned earlier that one of the reasons that I, that I came back or why when the opportunity arose, I really wanted to come back here was because um, music had I knew how important and vibrant the music community was, but the other thing I didn't say, and, and you said earlier that almost everyone that you know, um, you know through music, and especially your, the longest relationships you have. When I was a student at Knox, I felt like I experienced Galesburg more than a lot of Knox students, because it can be easy to stay on campus. I think that we've gotten better about that over the years, but um, 
I was playing every week at Jazz Night way back in the 90s, and I met all kinds of community members, non-musicians. You know, I, I met, if I can name names, I met Jay, Jay Bullis when I was like 18 years old and formed this like lifelong friendship with the owner of an insurance company in town. He's also a, a great patron of the arts and involved in the arts, but, but this is somebody who I maintain a connection with. And so many of those relationships, um, I got to know people because I was playing music and they were coming out to the gigs. And I felt like a member of the Galesburg community, not like a Knox College student who was just living on campus for nine months out of the year. So when I came back here, it felt like I was coming back home and music did that for me. Um, but the other thing that, that I thought of with your question was a couple years ago, somebody asked me when they were doing um, an interview about the Rutabaga Festival, they asked me what my favorite part of the festival was. And I was like, you can't ask that question <laughs> because it's like asking who your favorite child is. You know, we have a, a, a multi-day event and each event has a, is a different kind of group and at a different venue, different feel, different audience, kind of. Um, so I, I can't say I have a favorite, but I realized um, that I do have a favorite moment. And I think it speaks to your question, um, you know, putting on a festival, putting on a, a performance or a festival is a lot of really boring, difficult, stressful work that people don't see and they shouldn't see because you want them to see the cool finished product. But everybody at the table is nodding like, oh, the, 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 just the unbelievable, boring, f manual labor type things that you do that nobody knows about. And you get to it and it's sometimes it's hard to enjoy it when you are somebody running it because you've got your eyes on 5,000 things, you're troubleshooting, you're the person people come to when the sound system stops working, or the guest artist just told you that they can't eat anything that you just got for them. I mean, all the, seriously, the unglamorous things that make, make a, an event happen. Um, and I get really stressed and kind of amped up for the first few days of the festival with so many moving parts. And my favorite moment in the festival is not the moment that I'm on stage with the band or the moment that I'm, you know, shaking hands with a really cool artist who I've wanted to meet my whole life. It's Friday night when our first kind of national act hits the stage because A, I know that everybody's in town <laughs> and it's gonna go off and I am, I get to stand back for a moment. Once they take over, I'm not the person in front of the mic. I get to listen to the music for a minute, but more importantly, and this happens every single year at Friday night, it happens at Fat Fish and has for a number of years now. And before that, other wonderful organizations and businesses that supported this festival by letting us take over. Um, and I look around that room and it's packed, but it's packed full of a bunch of people from kind of communities within our community that often see themselves as separate. It's this wonderful night where we have community members of all ages, all socioeconomic levels, all races, genders, identities. We also have Knox College students and Knox College faculty and Knox College staff. Those four groups are oftentimes kind of self-separated, like students do a student thing and Knox staff does staff things and community members do community things and don't do Knox college things. And it's this moment where everybody, all those different parts of our community are in the same room and they are enjoying music together. They're moving together, they're sometimes dancing together, but I, it is a performance of our community. The whole community is in that room or somebody that represents all the parts of our community and they're there because music is happening. They're not, I mean, they're probably also there because of the beverages that are being served. <laughs> but, but they're there because music is happening. Music brought that group together. And it's people who may not spend 
two or three hours on a Friday night together in other contexts, but music makes that happen. And I love that moment. Um, and so I, it, I love it because it is our community and I'll, I think I'll, I'll leave it at that. Wow, yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I hate following you because <laughs> you, 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 wow, you really put me in like kind of like a, <laughs> a deep place there. I, so I, you know, I, uh, I'll share, I'll, I'll share a couple personal stories. I mean, I think for me, I, I, you know, I've been involved with music all my life, but one of the things that really I, I kind of picked up along the way, um, you know, I, I, I served in the military. I did a tour in Iraq, you know, and, and I came home from Iraq and I was feeling like I was missing something. And, and in that time when I was feeling like I was missing something, I, initially I was feeling like, okay, wow, I'm, I'm missing being there in this combat zone, being in this place and stuff. But then eventually I realized I was missing those people, those people that I was there with, those people I had experienced things with, those people I had a connection with. And, and once I realized in my mind what was going on, because, you know, I was, I was just, I was coming home and I was like, I was just feeling very lost. But once I made that realization that I wasn't missing the experience, I was missing the people. I was missing the, the people that I had experienced those things with. I mean, no one in the rational mind would think, Oh yeah, I, I miss combat. I miss you know all these things that are, are really kind of horrible. But when you when you boil it down and you distill it, you realize that the things that you miss, the things that you remember, the things that are important, are those people, those memories with those people. And the thing about music is that music can be the reason that people can come together and have experiences. So like you're saying, you look out into a crowd and you see a bunch of people who on a normal night would have absolutely no reason to be <laughs> in the same place at the same time, but they're there, they're experiencing something, they're moving, they're dancing, they're having a good time. And maybe, you know, maybe they acknowledge each other, maybe they don't, but the fact that they're there and some point down the line, they could say, you know what, I was at this concert. And, you know, the other person might say, you were there? Yeah, I was there. <laughs> and that is a magic moment. When, that, when so things, those sort of things happen, that's, that's magic to me. And, and again, it, it comes down to that community, but the community is built through experiences. It's not, there's really no other way to build community other than experiences. You know, you go through things with people, good or bad, and music is, is a good thing, I, I think. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's, it's pretty enjoyable, but you know, you go through things, you experience things with people. They may not be like you, they may not believe the same things you do, but that's the one thing that you have in common. If you're in the same place at the same time, experiencing the same thing, that's, that's one thing that you have in common. And that one thing can open up 
literally any door. And so to me, you know, that's going back to the community side of things. Um, that's, that's where music really fits into the picture uh, is, is that it's a reason for people to come together. They're there, they're experiencing something, and, you know, it may not happen right away, but eventually, at some point, you're probably going to interact with some of those people that you were in the room with and realize you were at the same place at the same time, experiencing the same thing, and we're not all that different. Uh, I agree with a lot of what you said about really a music, uh, amazing music stuff going on around here. Actually, John, I kind of talked to you about that a little bit. Um, but, uh, and this is maybe Galesburg specific, but I kind of, um, uh, for all the musicians here, I don't really see a lot of opportunities for sort of young music, and I don't, and I sort of think if we want that going on, it can't just be the old people still doing it. Um, and I wonder if you all have any thoughts about things that might sort of cultivate. I mean, I know that um, Kevin over at Baked has hosted a few DIY shows, and that seems like a nod to that. And I think Buddy's maybe had open stuff going on. Anyways, I would be curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, the, uh, the open mic uh, system that you were, uh, you kind of referred to there at the end, Mike Buddy's had that for years. Uh, Charlie Hayes did that. Um, I don't know really who's doing it right now, but it was an opportunity that brought a lot of people, professional and non-professionals, up on the, on the stage, and it was an opportunity for people to get up and play. It was limited, though, because it couldn't reach everyone because it was in a setting where there was probably limits on the age, although we violated that at times. Charlie did. Um, <laughs> I'll never live this down. Yeah. Those kind of things. One thing's one thing's that could one thing's that I, I've thought about in the past is that I know they've done other places at music stores. They've gotten students together and formed bands, and had a recital and let them get up and do things like that. Other than that, yeah, I don't know. If, if I could answer that question, one thing that John and I have done not every night, but we have concerts about once a week, and we've invited local kids to get up and play. And so it's pretty amazing for this six or eight or 12 year old to play the violin right before one of the world premier Irish fiddlers takes the stage. Or to get up, um, we've a couple times had this uh, young duet, two girls who are I think eight and 10, play the guitar and sing a song they wrote right before this Nashville or Austin singer songwriter takes the stage. And I also know the Galva Coffee House, um, on a regular basis, once a month, they'll invite some, you know, renowned performer, but they always have an open mic afterwards. And so I think creating those kinds of opportunities for young people to play is very important, and I really appreciate your question. So, right. And so part of the talk with the Galva Levitt series in Galva is to create, we're building a stage so that that stage will be there year round, even though the series runs 10 weeks in the summer, so that local like garage band or basement bands will have a stage where they can play for the public. And I, and I again, really appreciate your question because it is important we're thinking along these lines, running workshops, hosting opportunities, open mics and, uh, and you know, picking and grinning kind of opportunities so that you can share your talents and, and bring the next generation on board. And that's happening around here, but we need more of it. 
Well, and it's, there have been phases. I mean, I remember, and I'm thinking kind of mid-90s, in particular, there was a big metal scene in Galesburg, and it was all, like, teenagers. It was, I don't think anybody over the age of 21 or 22 was involved in it at a certain time. And there were some spaces and businesses that, that created space for those bands to, to play. I think it's tough, and I'm maybe speaking out of turn, I think it's tough for business owners to, um, to host music with particularly teenagers because um, oftentimes you don't get anybody coming in to spend money. And um, it's it inherently slightly experimental music because it's people learning learning their way, right? Finding their voices, and that can be difficult if you have an established base of uh, you know a customer base or an audience base. Um, and so basically, capitalism, <laughs> erg, um, makes that fresh. I, I think difficult, but I do think finding spaces that are open to young people. Uh, I know, and I maybe I'm. I, I'm just naming names all over the place tonight, but um, Rory at Dig Records downtown is starting to do a little bit of what you were talking about. He's been working with some young musicians, and um, I think you may see a little something happen there. I think record places are record places. Record stores are a great place for that to happen. Um, of course, there. Yeah, I was gonna say there are fewer of them than there ever were, um, but I think finding the space is the biggest thing. If you have an open space, and I'll, I'll, for example, my parents owned a bookstore in southern Indiana for many, many years, and the people who've purchased that bookstore are wonderful people, and they rehabbed the entire basement of the bookstore and turned it into an open community space where um, essentially anybody can put on an event, and they have a lot of young people doing music there, and it's nice because it doesn't, it's, it's, it's a place that has foot traffic, but also has a separate space. And but they invested money and time to do that. Um, so I think we need that, and we have a little bit of a lack of it right now. Um, so it sounds to me like you're going to help us do that. Yes. Well, and teenagers don't have the voice to make that argument very well. I also appreciate the question that he posed about expanding it. And I think one of the things that really caught my eye about this podcast was the whole concept of porch concerts. My son lives in Chicago, and I, I, unfortunately, I don't have a big enough yard, and I really don't have a big enough porch. But the concept of a porch concert, I find very intriguing. Number one, it would give a venue for musicians who just want to play or or children or youth in the community who are perfecting their art uh, it's also a way to build community and I there are lots of venues and I maybe the city council would help with this or there are other avenues to go but we have a lot of community space that really goes underutilized, uh, you know, um, Standish Park, um, the band, you know, areas at Lincoln Park that are not always utilized. And I'm just thinking that in nice weather to have a venue where some of the less known or or people who just want to get together because we, we have, the community is extremely supportive of the arts. 
I, we have a lot of music, but to take it into some of the neighborhoods and to do some things there, I think could just be awesome to feature some of the local talent or people who just want to get together or musicians like Terry who have been playing for a long time and maybe younger kids could come sure. and join in. But I, I think it would be a great opportunity to build community and, and uh, to introduce people to live music. I really appreciated your comments because my late husband never wanted it was like we would never have a DJ. We all, even though some of the music was always a little, uh, but for every every major life event, we had a Dixieland band for our wedding reception because they were available and they were here. Um, and we had some of the Knox Jazz Ensemble when his mother died for her celebration of life. And, and we had a local artist play at his celebration of life. So, and we had a, a second mortgage play at my son's bar mitzvah. They actually have bar mitzvah. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's very important for people to be exposed and to be able to take it into the neighborhoods would be awesome. And I don't know if it's been a challenge or whether you use big community spaces in Galva and Bishop Hill or whether it's actually somebody's front porch. My son lives in Logan Square and I know they do front porch. All of the above, wherever people, yeah. Wherever. I just have one little suggestion. Um, my son uh, was a musician, musician in high school, still is, and when he was in high school, um, small towns, and I think Galesburg even did it, during railroad days, um, one year it was Battle of the Bands, and so these high school garage type basement bands, which he was, um, that was their opportunity to get out in front of people. I think New Boston still does it every uh, summer, and um, you know he was just a high school kid, but he loved it. He got to be on a flatbed truck with his band <coughs> in front of a crowd, and uh, it was a good experience for him. I will sneak one little comment in that I think may, Tim, speak a little bit to some of the change that you're seeing, because it's certainly a change that we're seeing with the kind of students that are coming to college who want to make music, that young people, by which I mean teenagers particularly, are making music in a pretty significantly different way than they were even, you know, 20, 30 years ago when I was that age. Um, they're making it alone more often. They are, because um, you can produce you know, a multi-track recording by, with, by yourself and edit it and engineer it and distribute it on kind of digital platforms. And that's not a bad thing, but it's, it really means that the communal aspect of music is changing in some very profound ways. And I think one of the really interesting things to think about is how communities like ours or any communities could help get those people together because that is still music making. It's just of a different kind, but it's really, it's changed the kind of classes that we're teaching, the kind of uh, what music education means because the, the, the garage band, it still exists, but I think it's a, it's a very different kind of phenomenon than the, the kid in, in their basement making an amazing album. Um, but it's a, it's a bit of a solitary activity, um, yeah. which also has value, but it's very different than it's the, different. yeah. Just one real quick co comment. Everybody at home listening to this podcast can host a house concert. Absolutely. That's how I met John. I used to host house concerts. He hosts house concerts. You know, we came to each other's house concerts. We decided to throw in together and, and buy a bigger space. So you can have your neighborhood. Your 
your nephews, you can invite your friends over, and sometimes you can pick up a world-renowned touring artist <laughs> looking for a really cool evening in your living room or in your basement or in your backyard or on your porch. So all of you can host house concerts. Musicians are hungry for that, and, uh, and you can give up-and-coming musicians a chance, and they will seek you out if you get your name on the circuit. Go ahead, yeah. <laughs> I, I moved to Galesburg from the Houston-Galveston area in Texas. And recently I became a widow, and Fatfish Pub has become my sanctuary for sanity. Uh, without it, I don't know what I would do. And I've watched magic on the stage at Fatfish Pub. It's, it's been there's been magic and like you were saying moving to music coming from the Houston Galveston area nobody goes to a bar to just sit and drink some of our dance floors are as large as a basketball court everybody everybody comes there to participate in an activity or a fun I'm old enough to be part of the gully crowd. I was uh, the biggest honky-tonk in the world. I went there and I had fun there. So when, uh, when people go out to listen to music, they want to move. They, they want to move. And I've noticed that up here, people don't move to music. Uh, and and I, I know... <laughs> I know at Fatfish I drive people crazy because when they walk when I walk in the door they know I'm gonna move to that music. I'm gonna get up in a little tiny two-foot square and I'm gonna move. But uh, I I don't I I want this to grow and I want you to have people to come to your places of business and make it prosperous. And I don't know how much thought has been put into making it an outing for people to come and enjoy the whole atmosphere because you can listen to music and it can take you on a vacation and you never have to leave where you're sitting. So I find that to be important and I hope that's one aspect that people start thinking about making it an, an activity. Go ahead. I don't, I don't have to. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, I'll, I'll share another personal story. I like sharing personal stories even if they're embarrassing and <laughs> revealing and all that stuff. But, you know, I, as a kid, I started going to church again. So my, my parents divorced when I was seven. And after that, I stopped going to church. Up to that point, I went to church every Sunday. But there was a period of time after they divorced that I never went to church. And I started going to church again so I could play music. Because as a child, that was the only place I could play music. And, you know, then once I got a little bit older and I started figuring out that I could rent out a Knights of Columbus Hall or a VFW or whatever, I started doing that sort of thing. But, you know, the thing is, is the, the people who are making the music, whatever their age is, whatever age they are, they're going to find a way. Whether they're in basements, their garages, they're in VFW halls, they're going to make music. And I think that, you know, providing the opportunity for them to do the, that stuff in public 
is a very important thing. Uh, I was just having a conversation with Nathan before we started. In order for something to be normal, it has to be normal. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's, 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 as silly as that sounds, that is what it takes. You know, so if I did one or two or ten concerts a year, that's not normal. It's not a normal thing. It's not something I do every week. It's something I do every once in a while. But for something to be normal, it has to be normal. And I think that, again, in order to make something normal, and in order to make something where people feel like this is something that happens regularly, this is something that I can be part of, it has to happen with regularity. And that, that's the way that I approach it. And, and anytime someone, and really it's, it's almost anyone, you know, age, age aside, but especially those people who are under the age of 18 that approach me and say, hey, I would like to play a song or I'd like to play a couple songs. If they approach me and say that, absolutely, I, I put them up on the stage. I put them up on the stage with people who, you know, have won awards all over the world because it's, it's an important thing to make them feel like that is a normal thing. To just be able to express what they're feeling, their thoughts, their music. And that's, that's personally, that's how I do it. Um, I just try to, you know, provide those opportunities because, you know, those people Again, those, those world-class performers, they're coming to this area. They think of this area as a destination already. They do. They love the experience when they come here. Uh, and being able to build upon that and inspire children and old children <laughs> to get out there and, and, and do their thing, I think that that's, that's important. And uh, anyway, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of my take on it. But, you know, like I said, I think in order for something to be normal, it has to be normal. It can't be a one-time thing. It can't be a sometime thing. It has to be an all-the-time thing where it's, it's normal to get out in front of people that you may or may not know and express your thoughts, your feelings, your music, whatever it is that you're trying to get out there. So that's, that's my thought. That's okay. I, uh, it's been great. <laughs> really been great. Um, but we have a night talking about music, and I just didn't feel right that we wouldn't end it with a little music. Uh, it didn't seem quite to fit. So I've asked Terry if uh, he and a couple of his friends from uh, the circle uh, could maybe play a couple of tunes for us to, to draw this to a close. Well, All right. <laughs> I suppose I could sing. Well, <laughs> we could have had a banjo here and vibes, and I go, right? yeah, and all, we, we could have talked, you know, like, <laughs> music.
Thank you to the panel. Next month, we'll be uh, back. Next month, we're going to feature a dreaming session. Um, we're going to call it Dreaming Galesburg into the Future. So hopefully, you can all make it back with your biggest dream for Galesburg. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for coming. This is the first night uh, that we've gone on a, not a regular night, and we've had a really nice crowd, yeah. Thank you all for coming. Thanks for the questions, some great questions. Um, many paths. Probably is going to feature some music in the future. It's uh, one of the paths we're going down. Uh, I sit out. We bought a home by Rotary Park. And uh, it's a beautiful park, uh, but not a whole lot of music coming from it. Um, so that may be a place where uh, we might start to feature some outdoor music. We're certainly, uh, we're interested in the common good. We're interested in making music available you know, to everyone. Not everyone in Galesburg, unfortunately, can afford $20 to come into a place. Sarah, you mentioned earlier how hard it is to have music. You, uh, the artists, certainly deserve, uh, you know, some money. Um, so it makes it really difficult. And we've got to figure out a way, and I've got a notion we know a pretty good guy who can help us out of Cambridge <laughs> uh, to make some of that come true. Um, so we probably will uh, we'll work on that in the future as one of our paths to take. Again, thank you to everyone. Great evening. <laughs>